was really amazing to get to see him again. And we're still texting and talking about how excited we are for this year and potentially maybe be in the same team and play together again. That'd be really cool. Welcome to episode 209 of Alberta Dugout Stories, the podcast. I'm Joe McFarland. They were once roommates at Vauxhall Academy, and now there's a chance Adam Macko and Damiano Palmagiani might start the 2023 baseball season on the same team again. After being drafted by the Seattle Mariners in 2019, Macko was involved in the high-profile Teoscar Hernandez trade with Toronto, where Palmagiani has been since the Blue Jays drafted him in 2021. Both have high hopes of themselves and each other as they look to climb the ladder in the Jays organization. To kick off the 2023 season of the podcast, we bring you conversations with both players, starting with Mako, who was last with us on episode 74. He spent most of last season with the high A Everett Aquasox, going 0-2 with a 3.99 ERA and 60 strikeouts in eight starts. Adam, thanks so much for joining us here on the podcast. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. Bone rested up yet after what's probably been a, a quite a busy last few months here. Yeah, no, for sure. It's it's been a hectic couple of months, but uh, it's all good things. Obviously, very uh, excited to be a Blue Jay. Um, I made my kind of goodbyes um, with the Mariners. It was it was very uh, emotional at some parts, but uh, I'm excited for the next step. And things are definitely starting to calm down a little bit before I get going in spring training again. Take us back to the day you were traded. What were you doing? Who calls you? Walk us through sort of the process leading into that conversation. Yeah, it was a funny story, actually. I was sleeping in the uh, 7 a.m. or something like that, and I get a call from California, I believe it was, or something like that. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's got to be a scam. I didn't really know the number. So I just let it ring out. And then later I get a text message and it was from Andy McKinn. He told me, he texted me, he said, Hey Adam, it's Andy. Um, call me ASAP or something like that. And I was like, "Uh Oh, uh, something is, uh, something is going on. I didn't really ever get um, phone calls from Andy. Um, I'm sure that we've, we've definitely talked quite a bit, but not usually over the phone. So I knew that there was something that that was off. So as soon as I called him, um, he kind of broke it down for me and said that there was a, it was a trade offer, um, that they, uh, couldn't, res- couldn't, um, deny and that they, that they wanted to take. And unfortunately that it, it has been me and told me that I've been traded to the Toronto Blue Jays and that he wished me the best. And, uh, I've always had a really great relationship with, uh, everybody, um, with the Mariners, whether it was the staff or the players. So. Um, and they acknowledge that and they know that uh, it was going to be hard for me, but, um, they told me that I, I mean, Andy told me I have a bright future ahead of me and try to, try to, um, wish me, wish me the best. And I really appreciate that. And so after he kind of told me and, uh, who's involved in the trade and stuff like that, I got off the phone. Then he said that the news can go out. So the news was kind of broken. I got a call from ross atkins um he has obviously welcomed me uh to the blue jays it was it was uh, quite surreal um they were uh, the blue jays were the first team i guess obviously coming from canada that i was that i was um following um pretty re- religiously and watching the games and uh usually i'm a guy that talks um about 
being a player type of guy, I guess, not mm-hmm. really a team. But with the Blue Jays, it was, it was, uh, I guess, different with with the fact that I really was interested in the whole team and kind of followed them in around 2013, 14, um, right around that time. And so it was it was really surreal to get a call from him and to kind of congratulate me and to. Um, welcome me into the team. Mm-hmm. Were you surprised at all, given the fact that, and you and I talked about this off air, is this is a team, uh, the Mariners, who made a bunch of trades heading into the trade deadline last season. Your name stayed off of the trade wire, and there was sort of an expectation, at least from the outside, that, hey, you were you were one of the guys that was going to stick around a while. Were you surprised at how things kind of changed and the trajectory changed as as the, the winter went on? Yeah, it was it was a little bit surprising, like you said, especially based on the fact that there was a lot of players traded that um, the Mariners have valued very highly. Um, one of those being um, Brandon Williamson, who's another lefty that I had kind of looked up to um, going through going through the minor leagues, and so once he was um, traded, that kind of had maybe opened up some doors um, for me and have maybe given me a little bit more of a chance to be where I wanted to be sooner. And maybe that showed a little bit of trust in me from the Mariners as well. So I kind of took that and I, um, I was ready. I was ready to do whatever they needed me to do. And um, I was excited for the potential opportunities that were, that were coming up, but it definitely was a little bit of a surprise um, once I got traded when you think back on it, you talked about how you got the phone call from Seattle, then you get the phone call from the Blue Jays. Who do you call first? Who's the first person that you want to uh, tell in person, hey, guess what's happened? The first people that I call are my parents and my family. It was um, I couldn't get a hold of them both at once. Um, my dad was at work. My mom was at work. So um, I called my dad. Um, I called my mom uh, right after and it was a very quick, it was a very quick conversation because that, at that point, stuff kind of started rolling for me and I started to get phone calls and uh, congratulation texts and messages. And uh, I had kind of had to pay a little bit of attention to what random numbers were calling me because they're likely from the blue days. <laughs> and uh, so it was a quick call um, with them right after, um, but after a um, couple of hours, when things maybe started to settle down a little bit, I called with them for a uh, longer period of time once they got home from work and stuff like that, and we had a we had a good chat. So um, it was foreign to me. It was a little bit scary um, to be traded. I didn't really know what to expect, but after talking uh, with them and um, talking with my friends and my girlfriend and her family, it's. Uh, I knew it. It was that it was a that it was a good sign for me. It was just a little bit hard um, to see it initially at that point. But as soon as I got down to Florida for a camp for a couple of days and kind of got my feet wet and talked to the staff and talked to everybody, I I started to get the exact same vibes as the Mariners. It's very laid back but professional. Everybody's um, joking around with each other. It's more of like a they named it a fi- uh, family dynamic, which I would definitely agree with. Um, everybody's very, very friendly and welcoming to me. So I'm, I'm at this point, I'm very excited to be a part of the Jays. Did you make any phone calls back to Vauxhall? I did. Yes. Um, 
Actually, Coach Mag beat me to it. He uh, <laughs> he called me right. Honestly, might have been before before I got to call my parents. So I had to tell him like, "Hey, can I uh, call you in uh, in a little bit?" So I called my parents, and then actually I did make that phone call to him um, right after that, and we talked about that a little bit as well. And he obviously assured me that it, that it is a good thing and that um, exciting things are are coming uh, my way and. I always appreciate talking with him. He's always a great person to talk to and bounce ideas off of just because he understands how, how this whole world works. So yeah, I was uh, very, I'm very fortunate to have a lot of people around me that, that care and that uh, follow my journey and that um, reach out to me when these things happen. And it just that whole day, I just um, was really grateful for everything. Really. It was, the my friends reaching out and seeing that they they're staying updated on on me and my my coaches my um, teammates that I've played with before family members other families family members it was really it was really amazing. One of the first pictures that comes out in the days afterwards happens to be with another Vauxhall grad in in Damiano and I'm curious what was it like getting to meet up with him again and and kind of talk about what's gone on over the last not just the last couple of months here but obviously over the last few years since the two of you have turned pro. Yeah, it's uh, me and Damiano were actually roommates in Vauxhall for quite a bit of time, oh, no so way. I know him. I know him quite a quite well. Um, so it was it was really exciting. That's one of the first things that I thought of when I um, learned that I was traded to the Blue Jays is that I'll be back with him. And he texted me immediately as well as soon as he found out. And it, um, it was really cool. It's kind of a it's kind of a surreal moment to see your teammate from high school from many years ago that I haven't really seen in, in a while and to be in a professional uniform and to be kind of welcoming me into his um into his team I guess in mm-hmm. a sense and kind of giving me the breakdown of how things go and stuff like that and meeting me with uh, his friends and all that it was it was really cool I was down there from the 4th to the 8th of December and um yeah we just hung out um kind of laid back got got worked on at the field but it was it was really amazing to get to see him again and we're still texting and talking about how excited we are for this year and potentially maybe be in the same team and play together again that'd be really cool Mm -hmm. absolutely speaking of getting to play again that's not too far down the line here so far during your young pro career you've had a solid run so far how happy are you though with your performance in the minors um i would uh i'm not terribly uh pleased i guess with how things have um, been going for me so far i'm very let me say this way i'm very excited to be playing minor league baseball i'm very um grateful whenever i get to step out on the field um those are some of the funnest years i've had playing baseball is playing minor league baseball i think it's great um with my performance though i think i definitely could do a little better which uh, I've been definitely working on. I guess anybody could always do better, and I'm kind of hard on myself in that sense. I am a little bit of a perfectionist when it comes to my performance, but I definitely would like to um, stay maybe on the field a little bit longer than I have been, and that has been one of my main priorities and I guess one of my main setbacks as well. Um, So 
I've been working on that, getting my body right, making sure that my body has the capabilities to handle a full season, which I think the Blue Jays are doing a great job in helping me achieve that. And the program that I've been given and the details in that program are um, are really awesome and something that I think will really prepare me for the next for the next uh, couple of months of season. So I'm very excited about that. I feel good about it. Um, I'm obviously you can you can always rack up more strikeouts and walk less people that's uh that's never going to change <laughs> absolutely when you think back on it what's been the biggest learning curve you've had to overcome in getting yourself uh, acclimated from high school into the pro game it would be the load of things uh in day to day i mean we would never have practice game in high school on the same day and that's basically our every day in pro ball and staying healthy i think has been uh, potentially a challenge for me um in the past because i didn't really understand how much extra workload there is on a day-to-day just me even shagging bp uh, on the field and then i would try to get better and i'm always trying to get better so i would go out and do some dry reps and maybe do some extra reps and do um, do a hard workout so I keep my strength and stuff like that. But I didn't really maybe understand when I was younger that those things um, are more so hurting me at some points than helping me, that recovery is a, is a good thing and that um, taking pride in how well and quick I'm able to recover um, has been something that I've put way more emphasis on than um, – let's say getting uh, a lot bigger or stronger. Mm -hmm. Is there anybody that you've been leaning on for that kind of knowledge? Has it just been kind of coaching staffs or have there been some, some of the older guys that have been able to kind of teach you along the way? Who have you been able to um, tap into the minds of, to be able to uh, maybe understand yourself a little bit more? Yeah, it's definitely been a combination of the staff and the players and, and my friends and stuff like that. I have um, a couple of close friends that I bounce ideas off of that I really trust. Um, Travis Kuhn was definitely one of them when uh, I was with the Mariners. I still talk to him and bounce ideas off of him. He's um, kind of like my uh, big brother. He's been helping me kind of make that adjustment and be smarter about my about my workouts. Um, I've been hearing it a lot from the training staff, but that sometimes I maybe thought they didn't um, understand how much I can, I can handle and that I can do more than what they're telling me. But now the more I got into pro ball, the more I started to realize that they're definitely right. So taking the, taking the staff's advice is definitely um, a good thing. Uh, so it's been, it's been kind of a mixture. I mean, my parents have also always been telling me since day one that um, my number one thing is health. Like, you got to be healthy. Like, that is going to be the only thing that is going to get in your way. And and I didn't know how true it was, but it is um, definitely time for me to start more. It was definitely time for me to start paying uh, closer attention to what I am doing in order to maintain my health. And since I started doing that, I've been feeling great. Mm -hmm. From a mechanic standpoint, what do you think you need to do to take that next step? Is there a certain pitch that you want to add to your arsenal? Is there a command thing that you want to get hammered down? What is it that you think is, is going to help you get that next level? Yeah, I think it's, uh, 
Actually, for me, it would probably be trying to stay away from mechanics. I've been mechanics oriented my whole life and I've been really um, taking pride in having really good mechanics and always perfecting them and changing them. And I think part of having good mechanics is be able to stick with them and do the same thing over and over. So you get really familiar with your body and what it does. So my, my goal for this, for this off season is just to kind of feel um, what's natural um, instead of always looking for external cues and doing something like that. I've been uh, started to be a big believer in just whatever I've put my body through the different positions and different motions that it's going to figure out what it needs to do. Um, and I, I do think that the body knows best. And I think trying to get my brain into it all the time is not the best thing. But I think once I do that, um, my goals of, of increasing command, which I think for me at times is more mental than, than physical, um, I think that will fall right into place. And uh, yeah, I just want to continue getting stronger and, and throw hard again. I mean, I, not that I haven't been throwing extremely hard that I've been happy with uh, that I haven't been happy with how I've been doing but um there is a there is a particular season when I was in low air that I was throwing uh quite a bit harder so I think I'm in a really good space to get back to that and add command on top of it and I think if those two things align together I think um there's a lot of good opportunities for me looking into this season particularly do you have any expectations of yourself do you know where you want to be as far as the level or do you have an expectation of where you want to be from a from a pitching command um everything else perspective what do you what do you expect out of yourself heading into 2023 right yeah that's a good question i've uh been i've been uh really trying to make sure that i'm controlling the things that i can control and not really um, setting my value on external things that I can't really control. One of the things I can't control is where I am going to be and what level and some and stuff like that. But um, what my goals are is just to be able to prove to myself and um, to the Blue Jays that I am starting to get to a point where I'm capable in pitching in the big leagues. And I think I got to prove that to myself more than more than anybody else because that's obviously been been a dream of mine since I was very very young, and I think now that I'm, I'm getting a little bit closer to that, I want to make sure for myself that I feel that I'm ready. And whether I'm doing that in high A or if I'm doing that in double A or wherever I would be doing that, I don't think that would really change about how I would feel um, about my performances and about how I would do. So, just kind of keeping a keeping a high high expectation for myself um, in terms of being able to fill up the strike zone and just compete with the guys. And when I do that, a lot of things, a lot of things fall into place. So what have the Jays told you about maybe what your role is to be expected or have they outlined that yet? Because they still haven't seen you in a full spring training together. Yeah, I think it will take a full spring training for them to be able to evaluate me in any um, sort of way like that to try to predict where my role would be and where I'm going to start and stuff like that. I haven't really talked too much about that. I've only been down there with them for four days and it was more so about the physicals and and getting uh, an idea where my body is at and what I need to work on for the off season. So we're staying in the in the present 
we're um, just working away at things that wouldn't change no matter where I'm at, which is how strong, how flexible, how um, healthy I'm able to be and uh, how prepared can I be with my arm and my body for the spring training. So we're doing that to the best abilities. And then I think once we get to spring training and some more evaluations start and we get into games, I think that's when they'll um, maybe sit me down and talk to me more about that. When you look at that roster and you look at that starting rotation they have, and obviously a lot of attention around Alec Manoa and, and what he's been able to do in his young career to this point, when you head down to spring training, how much of a uh, a sponge do you hope to be and, and kind of tap into the mindset of not just some of the veterans there, but some of those younger hurlers who are uh, starting to make some noise for that organization? Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm always trying to be a sponge and soak anything in that I can and having having those young um stars on, on the Blue Jays that have been successful um since they basically got on the scene is something that um I also also strive to do. So I'm definitely going to try to pick their brain as uh as often as they'll let me. I know that we don't often line up with the same schedules and stuff like that, but maybe if we're uh hot tub or cold tub in um i'll see them across the i'll see them across the pool and maybe talk to them a little bit pick their brains potentially um if i ever get a chance to i guess uh play catch with them or do something like that i would always i would always be um very excited to do that it's always it's always appreciated when i get those opportunities and get to pick their brains and just kind of talk to them see what their mindset is where, where their um bodies are at what they I guess for me, the biggest questions would be what they're able to do to stay consistent the way they have been and, and healthy. And it, it's definitely a different animal when you're also playing in the big leagues um, the, with the travel and the, the time changes and stuff like that. So they, they go through it for sure. It's not always easy and, and all butterflies. So I, I definitely want to learn from them as much as possible. So if I do get there um, someday, I can hit the ground running. Another thing I'm curious about, you, we've talked a lot about the physical side. When it comes to the mental side, there's clearly going to be a little added microscope, I suppose you could say, on you and on Eric for being the two pieces that were traded to the Jays for Teoscar. Do you drown out that noise? Because there's going to be, everybody knows the Toronto media market landscape is can be quite ruthless sometimes. So do you try to tune that out? Do you embrace it a little bit because you like the pressure? How are you going to handle sort of that external, I don't want to call it validation, but that external feedback that you're invariably going to be getting? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, with with any move that happens on social media, there's going to be um, positives and negatives that come to it. Some of the negatives um, could potentially be, I guess, that some people may not really know who I am and uh, think um, what kind of trade that was and stuff like that. I don't I don't pay too much attention to it. I don't um, really go on social media and look for any posts or anything like that. I try to keep my life as simple as possible. And if there is something that I come across, I just, I just kind of laugh it off. And it, it is, uh, I guess you could call it a little bit of fuel. Like they don't really know me yet, but just wait until you get to know me kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I definitely, I, I don't take anything to heart, whether it's positive or negative that comes from social media. I think if I did, um, it would kind of be a, a whirlwind 
of uh, emotions more so than than it really needs to be. So I appreciate uh, that I've got tons of support from uh, the social media aspect and people that don't really know me at all are wishing me the best and that that um, they're very excited for me to be a Blue Jay. And I really appreciate that. And I always uh, appreciate the the doubts and the the questions about what it will entail of me being a Blue Jay. So I try to take the bo- best out of both uh, scenarios and just run with it. Mm-hmm. Now, there was some talk at one point about you potentially joining Team Canada at the World Baseball Classic. Is that something you've heard anything about? Did you hear from Canada at all? And is that something you'd like to maybe do? Maybe not this time around, but next time around. That is definitely, yeah, that is definitely something that I would love to do. Um, I've been always wanting to play for, for Team Canada since since we got here, and I wasn't always able to do that because of my passport and um, citizenship uh, issues. Not issues, but I'm a Slovakian citizen still, so I can't really represent Canada in that sense. But um, I think that door has opened up slightly with the regulations and what it what it takes to be able to represent the Canada in the world baseball classic. I think I definitely have the option to, I've spoke very briefly to um, Greg Hamilton about um, some details. And he asked me if I'd be interested in doing it, if he can put me in the mix of guys that they're thinking about. And I definitely told him that I want to do that. So I'm in the mix right now and I'm just waiting to hear from them. Very cool. What would it mean to you to be able to uh, wear a, a maple leaf on your jersey or on your hat? It would be it would be ex- extraordinary for me. It was um, always a dream of uh, my parents um, to move to Canada, and um, I'm so proud of them on being able to accomplish that and do it. And grateful for them because they gave me this opportunity, and the way Canada's given me the opportunity to play where i'm at right now and i it would be a lot harder for me to do that from slovakia so i'm i'm very grateful to uh this country i'm very grateful for the people that i met in this country and i think representing it would be would be an honor for sure when you look back on the young career to this point specifically after the or since the last time you and i chatted when you think about the pro journey thus far you mentioned some some good memories so far what's been some of your favorite times uh so far as as a pro um, to be, to be honest with you, a lot of those times come in the bullpen and just, just chatting with the guys and having fun and cheering on our teammates or on the off days when we just go out and have fun. And it's always, um, there's always going to be great moments of satisfaction when I'm playing baseball and I achieve something and I throw a really good game and those things will always be there, but things the people that I hang out with in the game and uh, outside the game, um, unfortunately, they, they are always going to change with trades and, and uh, moves up and down in the system and stuff like that. So I try to cherish and hold on to those memories as long as I can. So it would definitely be just going tubing down a river with a couple of my friends uh, on an off day or just doing stuff like that. Mm-hmm. A couple more questions for you here, Adam, and then we'll let you go. First off, let's say you head back to Vauxhall. You get to talk to some of those kids who are just starting out in their their journeys at the academy there or elsewhere in Alberta. What words of advice or wisdom would you like to impart upon them to maybe get them to the point, especially if they're looking at you saying, hey, I want to become the next Adam Mako? 
Yeah, I can. Yeah, I definitely would like to go back there. And if I can give them any sort of advice, I guess I can only give it to them through the lens of what what I've experienced. And I think what I think they may be experiencing right now. And I think the biggest, biggest uh, difference that I see from uh, being in high school to being in pro ball and hanging around some big league guys is it's not really about what you're doing, what you're doing. It's about how much attention you're paying um, while you're doing it. And it's, it's the little attention to detail that even when you're doing your workouts, you can, you can do a set of bench many different ways and you can do it with many different intentions. And I think being aware that what you're looking for is already within you and you, all you have to do is just really pay close attention to everything that you're doing and take pride in the quality of work that you're doing, not the quantity. Because in the past for me, I guess it's been always how much more can I do than somebody else so that I can be better than them. But it's really about how, um, particular and how much of a routine and um um yeah how much of a routine you can be in um day in and day out and stay the same person no matter what Mm -hmm. final question for you here i can't believe i haven't asked you this but the last time you were here wasn't part of my regular routine for asking so here we go what does the game of baseball mean to you wow um that is that's a good question i mean it's Baseball is my life. I mean, I've uh, got some education um, and I got I got high school education, but I'm working on my college as well. But I think if uh, if I didn't have baseball, I ask myself this question a lot. And if I didn't have baseball, I really don't know what I would be doing. And I know that is something that I um, will address further down in my life. But um, Baseball is definitely everything to me right now. Everything in my life is uh, surrounded around baseball. I, um, where I'm going to live, um, what I'm going to do like for my job is also baseball. So it's, uh, it's definitely been a lot to me and it's helped me through sometimes. Like we did some moving around with, with, um, my family and baseball has always just been sort of a constant wherever I went, I was able to play baseball and express myself through the sport. And so it really, I've, uh, I've been leaning on it quite a bit for, um, comfort. I've been leaning on it for competition. I've been leaning on it for, for everything in my life. So, um, yeah, uh, it's a, it's a really heavy question for me because it really is everything to me. Well, it's a great answer, regardless of how heavy it is. And always love being able to catch up with you. I'm really glad that we were able to do this. Congratulations on all the success you've had at this point. Continued success going forward, albeit in a bit of a different role now, but looking forward to seeing what's next for you. Thanks so much for joining us again here on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was a blast. We last chatted with Damiano Palmagiani on episode 126 during an impressive final season at College of Southern Nevada, which helped him get drafted by the Blue Jays. He split last season between the single-A Dunedin Blue Jays and high-A Vancouver Canadians, amassing a .239 average with 24 home runs and 83 runs batted in, on his way to being named the organizational third baseman of the year. Damiano, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, happy to be here and happy to be uh, talking again. 
let's first off talk about uh, recognition that you received in the offseason here. Organizational third baseman of the year. What did that mean to you? Uh, it was uh, it was awesome uh, recognition that I I didn't uh, I didn't really know we even uh, did that until I saw it and I think it's you know it feels really good because it really is a long season uh, first full season is way more games than I've played before even college included um, and it, there's a lot of ups and downs like uh, it's a really good learning experience because the end result is all is all sunshine and rainbows and I'm getting good recognition, but, but in the middle of it, you know, there's ups, there's downs, there's times where you're doubting yourself. Uh, there's times where you're working on stuff. And I always said that it was going to be a heck of a story at the end of the year, even at my worst moments and to have it all come together in that way is, is something that's, uh, you know, made me really happy and, and made me look forward to what's next now. Were you surprised at all by getting that recognition? Um, we have a lot of, you know, extremely talented and, and really good uh, players who had awesome years. Um, I know I had a, a really good year that I'm personally really proud of um, that stacks up well. So, I mean, as far as what I expected, what I didn't expect, I don't really, I didn't look into it. I necessarily don't care too much about it, but, um, I am glad that there was recognition after a good season because I did work really hard. Um, but you know, there's a lot of great guys around me that are pushing me every day and I'm pushing them. So, uh, at the end of the day, like a lot of credit goes to them. So, you know, this is more about the organization and all that rather than just like me alone. Mm -hmm. When you look back at that 2022, are you happy with how things played out? Were there things that you wanted to work on? Walk us through your mindset as you look back on the year that you had. Yeah, yeah, like I said, super uh, positive year, a lot of great things. But what I find myself saying uh, since the moment the year ended is that there was a lot of great things to build on, uh, a lot of things that I'm proud of, of getting better at, doing well, uh, and showing. But um, there's a lot of stuff to work on, too. Like, it wasn't a slam dunk, like everything fell in the right place. You know, there was a lot of great stuff that – I learned about myself uh, through through whether it be failure or just or just you know common experience. Uh, a lot of stuff I learned and noted down about myself. So it was perfect going into the off season, uh, seeing all right, I got some stuff to build on and some stuff to work on because you know I felt like there's a lot more in the tank and and I really was just kind of scratching the surface. So we're trying to iron everything out. When you look back on it, you mentioned that there were some things that you you learned about yourself. What was it that you found you've learned yourself learned about yourself during the process of the year? Yep, yeah, like I'll go back to it. It's a long season. Um and I didn't I knew it, but I didn't really comprehend it when we first got going. And so I got really hot early, but then I got really really cold for about a, a two week span and uh, just to start the season and you know and and me myself I expect a lot out of myself so I was taking it pretty hard I was getting a little down on myself um but you know I just I really really gave into the trust that what I'm doing and the way I examine myself is correct and and the the input I get from my coaches is correct um so just trusting that 
all the negatives and stuff is balanced with all the good and it will come to an end and it's a long season and things can turn around in a heartbeat. Um, just recognizing that I learned, I learned that about myself. So going into the off season now, uh, I do expect a lot out of myself, but I understand the, the process of it and, and how to just kind of bounce back from tough days. I, I think more than I ever have before. So I'm, I'm grateful. I, I figured that out. And I'd say that's one of the main things I learned. When you look at your stats line, 239, 24 homers, 83 RBIs, some great power numbers. I assume one of the things, and I've read a little bit about some of the things that you've talked about in the past, it sounds as though consistency is a thing that you want to work on, getting the getting the ball, using it to all fields versus uh, hitting for power all the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, strictly offensively, um, I'm, I'm really proud of the way I controlled the strike zone. Um, you know, we look at a lot of things metrically with the Blue Jays. Um, and one of the things I'm most proud of is that I put together a, a really, really solid season in what's called swing decision. Uh, so, you know, essentially that just means taking balls and swinging at strikes. And there's a whole point system. Um, so I was able to really control the zone well, uh, and I'm really proud of the way I showed power, but also plate discipline. I had a good number of walks. Um, and, you know, another thing we're working on is, is, you know, the ability to have a little more margin of error with my bat path, which will uh, allow me uh, to still sneak some backside line drives or to still stay through some balls that maybe I would have popped up this year. So, you know, uh, to get that average up, uh, as high as kind of the on base was last year. Um, so yeah, that's one of the things that, um, I look at to, to build on and to work on, uh, like I said before. So that's, uh, what I'm really proud of myself. And I'd say what makes me a good hitter is the ability to control the zone. You mentioned it earlier. Uh, you got to play a full season worth of games, 118 between the two levels. How much of a learning curve was that to go from, Hey, I'm going to play three times a week at college, maybe a couple of times a week to now to being essentially an everyday player. Like you almost put in a full 162. Yeah. It's, um, it's something you got to be really disciplined with. Uh, you got to understand, um, that it is a marathon, not a sprint. So you do want to be, um, very, you know, aggressive in the way you you prepare and the way you perform and you want to leave it all on the field of course but you do need to recognize um that you're going to be needed uh months in advance as well so when the game is done you can't just pack up and leave right you know you got to tend to the whatever sore muscles you got to do whatever uh pre-game or post-game routines get your muscles going i know my specific areas that I target and, and, you know, get in the training room every now and then to, to maintain. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. So you got to treat it as such and, you know, forever, uh, your, your ability to, to be available and play will, will carry as your best ability throughout your career. So, so, uh, that's something that I take very, very seriously. And I'm grateful that, you know, that things have gone well so far. Where do you get that mindset from? Is that something that you've picked up as you've turned your career into a pro career? Or is that something, are you leaning on anybody in particular? Or is it something that you've just kind of um, built upon as your career has gone on? I think it's, it's just building upon it as I go. I mean, ever since I was, uh, you know, young and, 
and say like in Vauxhall Academy the first year of my career and all the way through like I've I've kind of just learned from the guys around me um I try to pick something up from you know from everyone if I see some something that I like uh that that will make me better out of someone like I I take that with me if I see something that maybe I want to stay away from I'll take that with me um and just learning from the guys around me um a lot of guys I look up to uh throughout the years whether it was back then or even now um just picking up from from guys around me and I, I like to really be I like to really assess kind of what what I'm what I'm intaking and 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 the information I'm processing and all that to see what what can make me the best uh, player and teammate you know mm-hmm. you spent half the year in Dunedin and then you basically head back home you get to spend half a year with Vancouver Canadians what was that experience like playing in your own backyard yeah it's one of those moments that that um, you know I'll never forget I uh, definitely uh, I definitely soaked it all in um, it is you know, a step in the process, but for me, it was a major check, uh, off the box and really a dream come true. And, you know, it's something that I was working towards. I knew it was right there within reach. Um, and when I got that call, um, everything kind of, it just fell in place perfectly. And all the times I imagined running on and off the field, uh, at Nat Bailey stadium when I was in high school, um, all the times I, you know, pictured myself, coming up to bat at Nat Bailey in front of my friends and family, it all, uh, you know, it all came into fruition and, and it's, you know, it was, it really is a special moment and I'll take that with me, you know, for the rest of my life. Did you have that moment? I, I always look back on that Adley Rushman moment when he goes up and he kind of just looks around for a second right before he's, he stands behind or sits behind the plate as a catcher. Did you have that moment as well at Nat Bailey where you just kind of had to take that moment to soak it all in? I did. I did. Um, I had two specific moments. Uh, the first one was coming into uh, my first few games were on the road. So I'd played, I think it was four games in Portland. And then we drove all the way back Vancouver, got into the field the next Tuesday, uh, straight to the clubhouse, got all set up. Then I took the tunnel out uh to get onto the field um, before anyone was there just to see it. And, and I walked out, you know, and I saw the stadium. It's been a while since I've seen it. Um, And just to be on the field, look around and just see it's my new home. That was the first moment I was by myself. I got some uh, goosebumps. And then uh, the big one was um, when the game started, uh, they announced the lineups. We all, we ran on the field individually um, and then we lined up for the national anthem and uh, hearing people sing Oh Canada, uh, looking out into the center field wall. Um, that's that's when I definitely felt that all the emotions kind of sink in and, and I definitely got goosebumps. And, and yeah, that's a moment that I'll carry with me as well. When you get the goosies like that, does anybody come to mind in that moment is it just the the journey that you've been down are you thinking of anybody in particular walk us through what you're thinking in that particular in in those specific moments yeah yeah um like i said there's so many people obviously the first immediate ones are my parents in the crowd i know they're watching i know i can't imagine what what they were what what they were feeling um but just my whole uh journey i guess flashes in my head uh from you know you know from Cloverdale in BC to to Alberta in Vauxhall all the coaches all my teammates 
um, just kind of that's I think a lot of just like how how quickly the journey gets to uh to to one of these special moments and and you know like I said it's just a step in the in the process and in the in the ultimate journey but it's it's one of those where it's like I'm not gonna overlook this moment you segued really well into my next question, which was about sort of the next step. I know it's it feels like we've talked a lot about, hey, the journey's over, but nah, it's far from. Walk us through what you've been working on in the off season to get yourself ready to go for spring training. Yep, like I said, um, you know, offensively, uh, I want to create more margin for error. Uh, I like my bat path. I think it gives me a lot of success, um, but I think I can be more consistent with it trust it a little more uh which will allow uh the either the chopped ground balls or the flared fly balls to decrease those and turn those into still well hit balls um and i can increase uh what's called my batting average on balls in play um that being said um i'm looking to control the zone uh, more than i did last year working a lot on vision stuff really really training uh in very uh, difficult environments as early as I can just to make spring training feel comfortable and uh, defensively, you know, just taking care of my body so that I can move quicker, move faster, uh, be lighter on my feet, uh, which will allow my hands to work better and keep my arms strong. So all these things, I guess, summed up, just kind of helped put me in a healthy and consistent position to, to perform as best as I can in spring training. You actually segued into another question that I had as well, and that was the, de- the defensive side of the ball. I know you've played first and third so far. Do you have a preference one and two? Do you have an expect or an expected spot where you're going to be playing as you move up the ladder? Yeah. I mean, I've been playing third base for so long that it's, it's so much fun to me. I love being there. I think it's just cause I'm so comfortable there now too. So I would say like that's, if, if I had to choose, that would be, uh, my, my, you know, my preferred spot. However, I've been, I've picked up first base. I have a lot of fun with it. I, I do love playing over there as well. Um, and I'm getting a lot better at it. Uh, I really, you know, really, uh, like the, the, the work that the Blue Jays staff and player development does to, to prepare me and, um, moving forward. I mean, I, I'm still taking the majority of my reps at, at third base, um, you know, when I come down to camps and spring training, it's it's mostly third base. But you know, the a, a super something that I I take a lot of pride in is is the ability to be a utility guy if needed. I can I want to be able to play just as good at first base as third base, and then um, you know down the line, who knows? You know, they ask me to go to corner outfield. Who knows? Like I I I do want to keep my body ready in a way where I can jump in wherever they need me and and perform. Mm-hmm. Do you have an idea as to where you're going to be starting this season? Do you have an expectation or maybe a goal or do you have sort of a mindset of where you'd like to be as you start the campaign? Uh, yeah, you can go into looking at ifs and, and what ifs and, and what could happen and all that. But, you know, that's ultimately that's not really my uh, say. All I can really control is um, I'm doing all I can to prepare myself to be uh, the best player I can be next year and, uh, and to build off of the good and work on the stuff that maybe I needed to. Um, so when I get into spring training, I just show the best version of myself. And then, you know, from there, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily have a say other than my, uh, performance. So, you know, um, I don't have, uh, 
I don't have any specific expectations. I obviously have hopes, but um, you know, ultimately, if 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 I'm ready to go and I and I show up and I do as best I can, then whatever happens, I'm 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 definitely okay with. Mm-hmm. You look at some of the moves that this team has made, the the big team, anyways, with the Toronto Blue Jays. How excited are you about just not just the the Blue Jays themselves, but every level that you're going to be moving up? Because this is such a young squad from top to bottom. There's there's really some excitement around this organization, isn't there? Yes. Yes. Um, and I may be biased, but, you know, I do think top to bottom, it's, it's ran in, in all the best ways from, from the big league staff to the player development staff, to everybody they hire to, to interact with us minor leaguers and all the resources they put together. It's, you know, it's, it's a special program or organize a special organization. And, um, it's no surprise to me, um, how much success they're coming into, um, and I strongly believe it's for years and years to come, uh, even down the line when, when some of the younger guys in the big league squad, uh, maybe are a little older, maybe move on, who knows? Like I, there's a, a tradition that, that is instilled in us. That's just going to keep coming up over and over again. So, you know, from someone looking from the inside, um, I think blue Jays fans, like there's a lot to be excited about um and there's a lot to be proud of uh as a fan of the organization and as a player in the organization too as a player in the organization how excited were you to see an old friend join the uh, join the organization in adam mako yeah it was a it was a cool moment we because he spends most of his off season in in british columbia uh we we have you know been seeing each other uh, since he was in a rookie with the Mariners and, and I was still in school. Uh, so we see each other, talk to each other a bunch. And, and when I got into the Jays, we would, op- we would make, you know, jokes like, Oh, you know, what if one of us gets traded and we play together, that'd be sick. Right. And then, uh, so one day I woke up and, and I saw the news and, and it's big news in like blue Jays land, right? Like mm-hmm. uh, it's, a, it's a big trade and all that. Um, but selfishly myself, uh, thinking of, you know, playing with Adam again, like, that was awesome. I, mean, I texted him right away. I didn't. I knew I would be part of the the flood of texts he was probably getting. But you know, um, and I already got to see him here in Florida. Uh, you know, we've been talking, and and you know, I hope he's comfortable. He definitely is. Is uh, everybody around? Everybody here is definitely excited to have him. So, you know, it's it's so cool, so cool to see it uh, happening the way it is. I'm sure there's been a few players who've said, tell us a little bit about this guy. What's he like? That kind of thing. If you had a, a few words of wisdom about Adam Mako from what you've gotten to know him as, what do you usually say to them? Yeah, he, I mean, I could, <laughs> I could go on for a while. I mean, this is one of my closer buddies, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, I mean, as a, as a player, like you're getting a very calm, confident demeanor. I don't think, I've ever seen him speed up when the game does. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's a little soft spoken, um, but he leads by example. And if you start picking his brain, you'll realize just how much he knows about what he's doing and how, and you realize where he gets that confidence from. So, yeah. I, and, and as a person, I mean, you know, there's, there's, <laughs> there's not many like him, like he's, you know, super awesome dude. Uh, hilarious guy. I love talking with him. We love, we, a lot of our conversations, we end up just rolling on the floor laughing, but um, yeah, yeah. I think everybody around him has already taken, taken, taken him in and, and 
he's definitely well liked already. One of the things that always stood out to me the first time I talked to him, I had kind of heard rumblings about his expectations for his career. And some guys are just happy to go pro. Some guys have that goal of making it to the majors. He's he, the first thing that he said when I said, "What do you think your ceiling is?" Hall of Fame. Not many guys say that. So is is that something that you try to take along with you as well? As hey, if this guy is aiming for the stars, I might as well try to as well. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that he said that um, some guys, you know, they have it inside of them, maybe not verbalize it a lot, but uh, he's 100 percent right. And, you know, I have I have my ceiling aspirations where I, you know, I feel I'm able to do something crazy and something special and, and deep inside. I know I can do it. And it's only a matter of time. So it's, you know, it's it's nice to hear someone say it uh, and believe in it, um, and that's something I carry within myself as well. Mm. When you think back on it, it's been a couple of years. You and I were talking off air about this since we last chatted, and you were in the middle of a monster season in college when we last chatted, and here we are now talking about your pro career and being a couple of years into it already. What's been the biggest learning curve or hurdle that you've had to overcome to make this dream a reality? Uh, I would say just, you know, balancing your, your values, I'd say, you know, it's, it's very easy once you get into, um, pro ball and, and you're playing every day and it's, it's your job and there's these expectations. It's very easy to let it consume you and, and lose a little bit of your, of, of who you are as a person and just kind of buy in fully to, I'm a baseball player. This is all I do. Uh, my worth is in how well I can, you know, throw or hit a ball, um, and so there's times you can get lost in that, especially when you're playing every day. So I'd say one of the biggest learning curves um, that I didn't have to really worry about in school because it was, you know, there's such a social atmosphere and, and you're not playing every day um, is like finding time to still, you know, be myself, you know, do things I like to do um, when I'm, you know, when, it, when it's time to put the bat and glove down for the day, like put it down, you know, let's not sit on a good day or a bad day and, and, uh, you know, uh, reach out to friends, talk to my family, um, watch movies, stuff like that, whatever I like to do. So, you know, balancing these values and not losing who you are is really important. Conversely, ask about the hurdles on the opposite side of it. Has it been everything you expected? Has there been some moments of levity or what been some of the highlights that you've had so far in your young pro career? Yeah, I'd, I'd say there's, there's a lot of highlights. I show up to the field every day and, and, I feel like uh, every day is just exciting as the last for me. Um, as a as a massive Blue Jays fan growing up, um, you know, even back in the early 2000s and stuff like that, just kind of being a part of the organization and, and you know, meeting all these uh, legends um, and then being on the same field as guys who I've seen playing since I was a kid and being their teammate or their opponent and stuff like that is, is really cool. Um, it's exactly what I expected it to be. Um, but it's, you know, I definitely, like I said, with when I got to Vancouver, it's one of those moments, I'm not going to take it for granted. Like it's, it's special and, and I soak it all up, but, uh, it's, you know, it's part of the process. And, and I'd say that that's just being in the journey is is the whole itself is a highlight for me. Mm -hmm. As you look ahead to the next year, what excites you the most? Uh, just another year to get to do it again. Um, there's nothing in specific that I'm circling other than just, we're going to start, uh, and then we're going to play 140 times and there's nothing else I'd rather be doing. So 
I'm looking forward to getting going already. Mm -hmm. A couple more for you here. When you think back on the journey to this point, what are you most proud of? Because there's been a few ebbs and flows and, and things that you've kind of had to overcome and things that you've had to, you've succeeded at obviously, but what's been, what are you most proud of as you've gone about your journey? I would say it's, um, just my, my work ethic. I think it was instilled into me, um, from when I first started playing, uh, in high school. And, you know, like you said, there's some bad times, there's some good times. It hasn't all been great, but I always had like this confidence in me that I know I can be special and I know I can, uh, you know, achieve my dreams and all that. And I never, you know, I never gave up or, or put the the bat down or stepped away from the weight room. I just kind of kept going at it uh, almost like therapeutically and, you know, and just to see things unfolding um, because of kind of the way I, 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 uh, I do things. It, it's, you know, it's special to me. I think that's what I'm most proud of, um, of myself doing so and and i think that's a part of me that's just never going away and yeah i mean whether good or bad is up ahead like you know i, I know who i'm going to be and and i know that i'm going to be able to take control of of my career so that's mm -hmm. that's what i'm most proud of very cool final question for you i asked the question about what baseball means to you the last time around so i'm going to rephrase it in a different way what's it mean to you to be a canadian making your way into the pro world and and doing what you've been able to do so far yeah yeah it's it's i'm very prideful of it and i'm very i'm just very you know proud to be one of the few canadians in the mix i'm definitely i'm playing for my career i'm you know trying to make it to the big leagues but at the same time there's that uh there's that surrounding sense of, of what I represent that, that really keeps me going. You know, it's all the kids that maybe look at me, uh, maybe they're from my area, maybe they're not, but they look at me and they, and they think that they, they can be me one day. And same way I looked at, you know, guys when I was that age and thought I could be that guy one day. So as much as it is for myself to achieve this dream, you know, that, that next wave of Canadians who, you know, guys like me and Mako and, and all the other Canadians can inspire, um, you know, that's really special. And I, I, I feel that, you know, every day, um, especially, you know, seeing uh, the support the Blue Jays get and seeing the support the Canadians get, it's, you know, it's, that's something to me that, that is important. And I'm very, very proud to, to be able to be one of the, you know, one of the guys to do so. Well, as always, a great pleasure to be able to uh, catch up with you and, and talk a little bit. We've texted quite a bit over the last few years, but we haven't had a chance to actually uh, put something to tape yet. So always glad to be able to do it again. Damiano, congratulations on all the success you had last year and throughout your entire baseball journey. Continued success as you move your way up the ladder. And thanks again for joining us here on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Glad we could uh, get to talk again.
Thanks again to both Adam Macko and Damiano Palmanciani for joining us this week. And thanks to all of you for downloading and listening. If you haven't already, leave us a rating and review on your podcast app as those actions help spread the word about us. We'd also like to tip our caps to our amazing Platinum supporters for all they do for us and for baseball in Alberta. The generosity shown by the Okotoks Dogs and AHP Academy help us cover costs and tell the stories of baseball in our province. Head to albertadugoutstories.com slash supporters to learn more and to contact us for sponsorships. Until next time, thank you for all your support online, on social, and on air of Alberta Dugout Stories.